0: Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. The FT Welcome to this edition of World Weekly with me, Gideon Rachman. This week we look at the insurrection in Syria and the debate over Western intervention there. The death toll in Syria is now widely estimated to have reached a horrifying 70,000, and the pressure on the United States to intervene is mounting, particularly after evidence that the Syrian government may have used chemical weapons. So where does the debate stand? Joining me on the line from Washington is our correspondent there, Jeff Dyer, and on the line from Beirut is Abigail Fielding-Smith, who's been following the conflict in neighbouring Syria closely and has recently visited Damascus. Abigail, from the region, does it look as if this conflict is stalemated without some sort of Western intervention to tip the scales?
1: Um, Yes, certainly it's hard to see any change in the current dynamics uh, in terms of the rebels being able to have a really significant breakthrough on the ground. They're complaining constantly about lack of ammunition and resources, plus they're also very disorganised amongst themselves. Meanwhile, the regime has demonstrated that it has the power to hit them very hard in sporadic, concentrated ways, but not to crash them all altogether. So in the absence of other factors, you could see this going on for really quite a long time.
0: So Jeff, I mean, there's debate about whether the West and particularly the US should get involved has been raging for some time now. But I guess the new factor is that President Obama had said that the red line is the use of chemical weapons. And now there is some evidence that the Syrian government has used chemical weapons, albeit slightly equivocal evidence. Do you see the pressure for intervention mounting in Washington?
2: Some of the pressure is mounting. But when this news first came out last Thursday, I think it was, it seemed that like this was the moment when everything would change and the US would really have to have to alter its course. But since then, they've President Obama has gone out of his way to stress that you know, he's going to take this very slowly. He wants to get much more robust evidence, much more robust information about chemical weapons use. And that he's not rushing into any dramatic change, of course. I think since then we've discovered that the evidence, although it, it's credible and likely that has been chemical weapons use, there are still big questions about it, about where it was used, how it was used. And there's this lingering suspicion of Washington that potentially administration could get manipulated by people who want to try and pull the US into the conflict. So they want to get much more robust, concrete evidence before they make any real decision.
0: What about the wider strategic argument? I mean, I've heard it said, and so is everybody who's following this, that the jihadist wing, some of them actually linked to al-Qaeda, are now very prominent in the opposition. How does that affect the intervention debate? Does that make the Americans more or less likely to get involved?
2: In a way, it's making them a little bit less likely. I mean, one, one, one figure, for instance, is General Martin Dempsey, the Chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. He was one of the group of advisers who went to President Obama last autumn and said that the U.S. should start arming the rebels. He's now since come out and said that because of the increasing prominence of, of jihadis among the rebels, he now thinks that's a much more difficult proposition. Uh, he's not you nearly know, as clear that, that is, it would be a good idea. So. There are different strands of opinion. There is a very vibrant debate within the administration about this, but I think that that, the greater promise of the jihadis amongst the opposition is actually tilting the US a little bit away from seeking to arm the rebel.
0: And Abigail, I mean, from your knowledge of the opposition, is there an identifiable non-jihadi wing that the West could confidently arm uh, without thinking that these guys are eventually going to turn on us?
1: That's... Clearly, these large sections, the majority, in fact, of the people fighting on the ground are probably not jihadi in any sense. But the question of what their relationship with the jihadis are, whether you could guarantee that if you gave them weapons, they wouldn't somehow end up in the hands of people who've been sort of designated terrorists by the US, is a different question. I mean, one impression I have from talking to people who fight and live on the ground is. It's all very integrated, and whilst we see Jafat Nusra, the Al-Qaeda-linked group, as this kind of dark, sinister force, it's just one group amongst many others on the ground, all sort of jostling in together. And and certainly, from some people's point of view, it's it's one of the more effective um, and least corrupt fighting forces. It's also been sort of involved in the setting up of some kind of rudimentary local authorities, In rebel-held parts of Syria. So at this point, it's becoming harder harder to see how you could completely isolate Jantat Nusra, not only from the rebel movement, but, you know, from the rebel-held areas of Syria.
0: And is it the case that uh, Nusra, the jihadist sort of al-Qaeda link group, if that's not an oversimplification, that they are the favoured group when it comes to getting outside aid from the Gulf?
1: clear where they're getting their support from. They seem to be much better armed and, and more effective than many of the other groups on the ground. But it's not clear whether they're getting state sponsorship or whether they've just got superior raising networks. I mean, the other great thing they have going for them is that they tend to be the ones at the forefront when bases are and overrun. So they get the first pick of the weapons there, which can either be used or sold. So they've had this sort of positive feedback loop as they've been Taking over territory and bases, it's giving them more resources and more clout, which in turn leads to more resources and
0: clout. Jeff, I mean, I was talking to somebody involved in the American debates, and uh, he said, "Well, you know, if if we don't get involved, then uh, the likelihood of having this result that that haunts Washington of of a kind of Al Qaeda-linked group eventually taking over Syria or a large part of Syria becomes." even more pronounced. I mean, do the Americans have a sense of how they can get closer to achieving both their humanitarian and their strategic goals in Syria, or are they just kind of sitting back and watching with a degree of horror but not really knowing what to do?
2: Well, I think yeah, there's a, a very intense debate with an administration precisely on this point. I mean, there are some people who say... This is going to be a long-run conflict. This is going to go on for a, you know, quite a long time, maybe a number of years. And the idea that somehow we can quickly tilt the balance by getting involved and deploying arms to certain people is an illusion. And that will just suck us in more into this conflict. But there are other people who are saying that, you know, as you're pointing out, there, not only are the jihadis getting prominence among the opposition groups, but also you're having these, these huge refugee problems that are developing in Turkey and uh, in Jordan and elsewhere, which are also potential breeding ground for all sorts of resentment and, and, and dislike of America. And, and that the US can't just sit back and let this develop. It needs to, needs to get involved now and try and start shaping events on the ground, because otherwise it will spin out of control.
0: And what's your sense of how the debate is going? I mean, you've described the two schools very clearly, but given that President Obama has to weigh a lot of different considerations, not least public opinion, do you sense any change?
2: So, I mean, this does all come down to President Obama. You know, he will be the one who will decide this, but he's, he has you know, already sort of intervened in this debate to you know, to fend back pressure from his most senior advisors to get more involved. So it is all down to him. The tone of his comments, he's spoken twice in the last few days about this, since the evidence that chemical weapons first surfaced last week. On both occasions, he's out of his way to try and dial back expectations of any sort of change of any, you know, d- any decisive move by the administration, and I, I think that's probably where things are at the moment. Until you have to think of the bigger picture, this is a guy who was elected partly because of opposition to the Iraq War. He's staked his reputation about getting out of Iraq and winding down the war in Afghanistan doesn't want to be lured into a new conflict in the Middle East, especially on evidence that he can't entirely trust. Until you get much more robust evidence about where and how chemical weapons were used and if they're being used on a regular basis, it's probable that he will be very reluctant to, for any dramatic change. However, on the margins, you could see you know, some arming of some of the rebel groups, if only just to give the U.S., credibility of those groups to try and boost their credibility on the ground but if it does happen that would probably be a very small marginal type of action it won't be a substantial shift
0: so abigail it sounds like there won't be a western intervention or at least a decisive western intervention for for some time so from where you're sitting in beirut and looking not just at syria but at the wider region that uh, bigger questions like uh, iran israel's role how do you see this playing out over the next year? Nobody can be sure, obviously, but what kind of scenarios do, do you have in mind?
1: Yes, I mean, it's very alarming in terms of the regional consequences. One thing which particularly here in Lebanon is, is on people's minds is the fact that Hezbollah, who are allied to um, Damascus but also to Iran, seem to be getting much more involved in the conflict. Last night, Hassan Nasrallah, the Hezbollah leader, Gave a speech in which he sort of said that Syria had friends in the region who would not be at fall, which was some of the strongest language he's yet used. But an escalated Hezbollah involvement has the potential to complicate things in all kinds of ways and, and to really drive up the regional stakes of this um, and possibly see some kind of blowback into Lebanon. So, yeah, I mean, that's just one of the kind of many regional consequences that you can envisage from this conflict going on.
0: Okay, we'll have to have to leave it there for now. Abigail Fielding Smith in Beirut and Jeff Dyer in Washington. Thank you very much indeed. That's all for this week. Until next week, goodbye. For more downloads go to Ft.com forward slash podcasts.